ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, we are getting ready here. What do we got? Five, six more days? Five more days? Three Laker games in between? Three Laker games kind of crammed in here. Um, you know, it's interesting. We saw a, a tweet earlier today that the games on Christmas, up until Christmas Eve, December 24th, they could be moved or shifted. And they're talking about game times. So Lakers right now are slotted for 5 p.m. against Brooklyn. Who knows, by the time we get you know started and Christmas Eve goes, maybe that game is moved to 9 a.m. <laughs> you have no idea. Here's the thing. Yeah. If you want to try to avoid just completely pissing off, the, if nothing else, the, the local fan base, because this time is really going to be affected, if you want to move it up really early, Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't mess up too many Christmas plans. You want to move it later, doesn't mess up too many Christmas plans. You move that thing into the middle the of the two o'clock day, game. You are going to. Why upset. do I feel like that's where it's going to slot? Because this is what happens to us, Alan. We have our lives wrecked every year on the holiday by these games. Yep. This, this is this is our chosen lot in mm-hmm. life, but it's true. Travis always talks about. It. He's like, no, I used to love those games. He's like, I could, that's when I could tell the family guys mm-hmm. would love to hang out. Got to get out of here. I got work to do. Like, and he leaves like at like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, but the game's not until 5, Trav. Got to prep. Got to set up. Got to be ready. Oh, but, that, I mean, that's very Travis. Yeah, it is. You know. That is. That if, makes sense. If Travis could find – I know he loves his family, but if he could find a way to live in a separate house, he'd do it. <laughs> he lives at a, fert, a frat house in Santa Barbara on the weekends. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you got the Rams taking on the Seahawks. So, pregame show, Travis Rogers. That's why Trav's not here. He's down at SoFi Stadium. They'll start their pregame show. Way earlier at, than uh, it needs to be, by the way. Way earlier, yeah. Uh, he'll start at 2 p.m. with Kirk Morrison, and then I'll do pregame show. That's not till 5.30, and that'll be on 11, 10 a.m. Um, you know, I, I have spent a little bit of time on this, and we've kind of had this conversation about, hey, who's going to win the division? You got the Rams and the Cardinals. Look at these two teams now going off on each other. Rams still have four games. Look at the schedule left for the Cardinals. And you mentioned something to me. Uh they got a game coming up in a couple hours. That to uh, to think that far ahead, to just kind of pretend that the Seattle Seahawks don't exist this afternoon or you know this evening tonight at at four o'clock, that would be a huge mistake. Now let let me also preface by saying you're a hundred percent right because there was so much hype going into that Monday night game against the Cardinals. Hey, when's the last time the Rams beat a good team? Oh, well, it was Week Three against Tampa. That's how long ago it was. And they needed one of these under their belt. And you know what? Forget what the media is saying. Forget what the fans are saying. They needed a good win for themselves. They needed to convince themselves that, no, we can actually beat a good team. We'll talk about the Cardinals a little bit later. Um, how how dangerous is a game like this? How dangerous is today's game? Like if Let's just say hypothetically, if you got a game in the fourth quarter and it's 20-20 to 20, and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks – they got nothing to lose. They're five and eight. Now they're not technically eliminated. They won their last two games. They beat San Francisco. If you remember that game at Seattle, uh, they came back and uh, and they won that game. And then they beat Houston, which is another one of those schedules where you get Houston on there, you could get right back on track. So they won their last two games. They're kind of feeling okay about themselves. Remember, if you remember the game before that, they lost against Pittsburgh in overtime. So it's not like they've played bad these last three weeks. So. Oh, I'm sorry, they lost a game against a Washington football team. That was a team that they lost. With that being said, is this a dangerous game to you? Is this one of those games that 
um, if if the Rams take the Seahawks lightly, they could be sitting at SoFi Stadium in the fourth quarter, not taking advantage of what's happened over the last eight days. I mean, it's dangerous in the sense that it's a potentially lost opportunity. I mean, they, they only if they're going to catch the Cardinals in this division, they only have so many shots to try to do it because Arizona's still ahead of them. I think they have the tiebreaker too. They've got the tiebreaker the in the division, mm-hmm. and they've got I think an easier schedule to close out than than the Rams. I don't think so. Either- Arizona schedule just for those that don't know, they got the Colts at Arizona. They're in Dallas the second to the last week of the season, and then their final game of the year is Seahawks at the Cardinals, and Seahawks may very well be out of the picture by that point. Right, and the Rams' schedule is harder down the stretch. I don't think either one of them has an easy schedule, but the Rams is harder. So every single game matters for the Rams moving forward if you're, if you're trying to put themselves in that position. And this one, this one may feel, I don't know, like the, the least urgent because it feels the most imminently beatable of the four that the Rams have left, but that can be how you get sure. yourself in trouble. And yeah. as much as the Rams in the McVay era, had, I believe they're three and six against Seattle. Like they've they've definitely won more of those games than they've lost. But a lot of those games have been pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Like I anecdotally, I don't have the scores in front of me. I don't remember many times under McVay that they've blown out Seattle. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of games that they've won. But they haven't blown them out. I think they match up really well against Seattle, particularly when you're trying to contain Russell Wilson. They've got a hell of a defensive front. They're getting a few guys back off the COVID list. But this is this is a dangerous game for them just in the sense of potential opportunity loss. Like I don't think it hurts them in the sense of making the playoffs or anything like that. No, it's it's you know, you're trying starting to get greedy. If that right. Arizona opened up something that wasn't there eight days ago. Right. Arizona lost two games in a row. They lost to the Rams, they lost to the Lions. So now all of a sudden you're having a conversation. You're saying, wait a minute, you can have a game at SoFi Stadium. So you start getting greedy and, based and, upon that. And you need to count on Arizona getting back on track. Like even if they don't ultimately do that, mm-hmm. you need to play it like they will. Like, you know, they, they've been struggling a little bit since Kyler Murray got back from that ankle injury. You wonder how much he's still rounding into form. DeAndre Hopkins had either been hobbled or not playing. Yeah. And even though he's having a substandard season, he's still a guy that defenses are always going to pay attention to. So maybe the complexion of Arizona's offense changes a little bit because of that. And they're adjusting. You know, they haven't had Chase Edmonds for a few games. A lot's been put on James Conner's shoulders, even though he really was playing well. But you have to count on them figuring it out. You have to recognize the fact their defense is still really good. you got to treat Arizona like a team that's going to get themselves back on track, and that's how you treat this game against Seattle as important as it really is. So it's funny because I don't really think that much about the Seahawks in this one. This is – who are you if you're the Rams? Who are you? Are are you that – you can make it three wins in a row. You can take care of another team this, you know, obviously uh, later today. You could kind of continue to convince yourself. It doesn't matter about the other teams in the league. We just got to worry about ourselves. We got the talent. We got the players. If the quarterback was an issue uh, over the years, well, we supposedly got that part fixed. And to be honest with you, I think the conversation, there's no conversation about Stafford until you get to the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens from there. But I think for me, it's more about the Rams not just, you know, kind of continuing to convince themselves, no, no, we are the team to, to worry about. The conversation shouldn't just be about Tampa. It shouldn't just be about the Green Bay Packers. Arizona's kind of sliding away from that conversation. It's up to them to figure out if they're back in that conversation or not. 
But I do think the Rams portion of this, uh, that's what stands out most to me. If you're a really, really good team in the NFL and you have an opportunity in front of you like the Rams do, and the other divisional opponent who's leading the division right now let one slip on Sunday and weren't even close against the Lions, you go out and you take care of business this afternoon. This isn't a game where by the time we get to the fourth quarter, if the Rams are as good as they're um, uh, they're expected to be or they're labeled to be, then in the fourth quarter this should be one of those 27-13 games, 27-10. That's what should happen and we know this in the NFL, anything can happen in any given week, but that's what I would expect from the Rams today. Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to see with some of these guys who've been going in and out of the COVID list, like, mm. how in shape are they right now? Like, I, I, and I don't know the answer to this. Like, I don't but know. Why do you look at me like that when you say that? Like, I, is that necessary to say <laughs> well, that? Well, you're, you're the baseline. He said, yeah, he said how in shape they are, and you kind of look, kind of gave well, me a look Alan, like. Alan, you're the gold standard. You're the standard like, by which all these local athletes measure themselves against when it comes to just You want to get a push-up in every once in a while? That's yeah. kind of the look that I got from him. They all get very jealous the fact that you uh, lose all your breath when you're taking shots by yourself in a gym on half court. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> they, they look at you as the baseline, and they're like, okay, am I above this? Yeah. Like, am I still above this even having battled COVID? Am I still above Sliwa in his driveway? Yep. I saw a couple other guys shooting on the other side, and they're like, you know what? Let's put the hoop down. Let's put the ball down for now. Let's go upstairs. Maybe get some cardio in. Look at this guy. See, but- normally in those situations, they're like, hey, you want to play uh, You, you want to play 21? You want to play some two-on-two? They're just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, Sliwa plays best to one. Can I, <laughs> can I tell you something? It is arguably the greatest game ever, 21. 21 is a great it's game. It's arguably the great. The only thing that might be better than 21 is two on two. Yeah. Knockout. Just, But there's something about 21. There's Horse. something about just playing pickup basketball. 21, nothing better than it. And I interrupted you just to kind of let that part out about how I thought you were – you looked at me in a you're not athletic way. That's the way you kind of told me. Please continue with your COVID point. No, you picked up what I was inferring, but – I just I'm curious to see what some of these guys look like. Like Von yeah. Miller is back tonight, which mm-hmm. is great for the Rams. What's he been able to do during this period where he's been on the COVID list? You know, I don't know what type of symptoms he was feeling, if any. Sure. Like, and I don't know what type of workouts. You know, a doctor is going to tell you the the health staff is going to tell you it's okay for you to be doing this. It's not okay for you mm-hmm. to be doing this. I have no idea, and you know, it may turn out to be one of those things where. If enough guys are on this list, but they're asymptomatic and they really feel fine, and they might even be shocked that they tested positive in the first place, might have no effect. Right, you just might, don't know. Might have absolutely none. But you know, there's been a lot of chaos for the Rams lately. You know, difficulty practicing in full stuff like that. So, how disconnected do they look when they play this game? Well, if there's one thing, and we know this, just kind of nature of sports right now, Dwight Howard comes back tonight. Tht comes back tonight. Those are two players. I mean, use that as an example. What were they able to do? So you mentioned Von Miller. So it's how it affects the Rams, how it affects the Lakers, how it affects everybody in the league. So that, that's obviously a question that will continue. Um, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. And if you guys uh, want to be a part of the show, what's more likely to happen with the Lakers? Are they more likely to keep the team as is, kind of stay put with what they have, ride this thing out, think that, you know what, we never got the proper amount of time to figure this thing out, this will turn around, or will the Lakers flip everything by the time we get to the trade deadline? So we'll talk about that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa Show. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. Andy Kamenitsky in for Travis Rogers, 710-ESPN.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Travis and Sleeva Show is brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. Andy Kamenitsky, Alan Sliwa, Travis Rogers is he's on vacation for another hour and 45 minutes, and then he's got to go back to work. Got the pregame show uh, out at SoFi Stadium, him and Kirk Morrison there. Um, game actually starts at 4 p.m. today. Uh, Andy and I have hit on this uh, a ton, how, how big of a game. if. What a missed opportunity for the Rams if they can't take advantage of it. To be honest with you, I, I don't even I don't even think it's one of those games. Let's say they got by 27-23. That's not good enough either. Like I there there is something about going into your final three games. This is who they got in their final three games. At Minnesota, who's playing for something. At Baltimore, who will go for it, uh, will go for two every single time and continue to lose, but they got something to play for. And then of course the the final game of the season against uh, San Francisco, who is uh, not just a good football team, a dangerous football team, has had the number of the Rams for a long time. This, I, I feel like this is a game where it's not just, hey, get the W and move on. Win convincingly. Make yourself feel a certain way after that win you had against the Cardinals. Well, I mean, I think they're still trying to figure out, okay, how far back are we from that period where they brought in Odell Beckham Jr., still mm-hmm. figuring out how to use him at the exact time that they end up losing Robert Woods. And – Robert Woods' absence is a big deal. You're right about that. Like he, no question he, about he it. He knows the offense backwards and forwards. He's a really, really good blocker at his position. And I don't think it's an accident that things started falling off offensively the minute that he was out. Like, I'll be the first to admit, when they brought in Robert Woods, I was like, oh, that's a nice pickup. You know, he's always he was good in Buffalo. I did not think he'd be this good. He's been such an important part of what they do. I know he's really important in that locker room. So, you know, it's it's felt like that threw them off, you know, threw them for a loop. And they've had to figure it out since. They're slowly starting to get themselves back on track. But they will have an idea of where they are and how much further they have to go based a lot on what they do tonight. Okay, so I threw this question out there. And if Laker fans want to be a part of this, you could always be a part of the show. 877-710-ESPN. Lakers got the Suns tonight. And one of the, I think, the more difficult things now that the front office is going to figure out Let's just say the front office thought in their mind before Anthony Davis got injured. Hey, we can listen to all the uh, listen to what everybody's saying in the media or fans. We believe in this roster. Kendrick Nunn was supposed to be our sixth man of the year. Trevor Ariza, we thought was going to start for us when they originally brought Trevor Ariza. The concept we've heard Vogel talk about this. The concept was Anthony Davis, LBJ, Trevor Ariza, whoever you put at your two, and then Russell Westbrook. Um, if they thought. We're going to give this 50 games. We're going to give this to the end of January. The trade deadline is not till February 10th. We're going to really find out, do we got a chance with this roster? Maybe it's a small tweak. Maybe it's not. Well, now you got Anthony Davis out for at least four weeks. And that just means the four weeks that he's out means they're just going to reevaluate him in four weeks. Andy, I wouldn't be surprised if it's five weeks, six weeks. I mean, I'm just, just hypothetical. But 
the Lakers are going to be very cautious with AD, and AD is going to be very cautious as well. They're going to make sure that that MCL sprain is no longer an issue until he comes back. With that being said, they don't have the luxury of knowing whether the roster that they had, that they put together in the offseason, is it a small tweak here and there, or no, we got to do an overhaul. They don't have that luxury now of really figuring that out. So question I'm going to throw out to you, to Laker fans out there, what do you think is more likely to happen? That they stay put and they ride this thing out, or they flip everything. As in, you keep the, two, the, the, the couple main players that you have, but then after that, there is no guarantee or lock on anybody on this roster. Obviously, we, we've heard rumblings, too, from uh, is Coach Vogel. Is he, is he in trouble? What, what do you think is more likely to happen? Between oh, it's way guys? more likely they stand pat. I mean, by far. It, I, I don't know what they can do. Like, forget what they want to do. I don't know what they can do. Like, trading Russell Westbrook is going to be extremely difficult beyond who wants him. Like, who can actually line up salaries that match his 40, I believe, $41 million deal? Like, Might even be a little more than right, that. Right. That's complicated mm-hmm. in and of itself. And, you know, beyond whatever demand would be out there for Russell Westbrook, that's exceptionally complicated to begin with. They're not going to move LeBron, not likely going to move Anthony Davis. From there, you have Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn as the only contracts of any type of, you know, value in, in price points, like any type of thing that you can package together to bring back an impact player of any kind. Kendrick Nunn has not played this season. I have no idea what the hell's going on with him. Like, I have, if you asked me who's going to return faster, Anthony Davis or Kendrick Nunn, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. Like, I, know. I mean, Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick, it was supposed to be like two to three weeks. Remember that when the season started? It has been an absolute mystery what's going on with him. So you can't count on him right now to be playing this season. And Taylor Horton Tucker, after a really hot start, like three games after getting activated from that thumb surgery. He's averaging like 20 points a game, something like that, after those first three games. He's been all over the place. Yep. And, you know, he's still a player that you can see potential with, but, but depending on what you need from him right now, mm-hmm. I don't think his value is as high as the Lakers hoped it would have been when they retained him for that three-year deal. The, the odds favor the Lakers not doing anything significant because I don't think they can. Yeah, it's, it's Forget what they want. I don't think it's possible. I, I've said this from the beginning, and I really do believe this, that they are going to stay with Russell Westbrook through the year no matter what. That they are going to give this. They didn't go out and trade Russell Westbrook for – and by the way, I could sit here and make an argument. Was Montrez Harrell – did you think he was going to come back? He had a player option. He was probably going to go. Oh, Montrez yeah. Harrell was probably going to go. Montrez Harrell, Montrez Harrell opted in with the express knowing purpose that he's of getting get traded. traded. Yes, knowing he's going to get traded. I think the Kyle Kuzma piece, um, you know, listen, uh, I thought Kuzma served his purpose. I thought it was time. I thought it was beneficial for both sides to kind of go their separate ways, right? The, the one question you could sit back and say is KCP was a really nice role player for the Lakers, yeah. right? Really Him important. and Alex Caruso were both fantastic role players for the Lakers. I think they're going to keep Russ. I don't think Russ is going to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't think they can move Russ even if they want to move Russ. And there's there's also the complications of trying to move Russ, like you just mentioned. The one advantage to Russell Westbrook's contract is there's only one year left next season. And sometimes that's tradable simply because um, a yeah. team wants to take money off the books or you know whatever much, the case is. You know how much that contract is next season? 44, right? I believe it's... 47? I, I believe it's 47. Then he might be 44 and 47 right now. Yeah. So it, it might be something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So with that in mind, um, that means what you're saying is, no, no, no. This is the roster. Because the only other player that you could go out there and say, tail and horn, Tucker, we want to go make a move. What, what can we go get for THT? Is there a player that we could go at? Is there a team out there? And I'm just I'm, I'm, right. I'm spitballing here. Is there a team out there that is going nowhere and will take a chance on a younger player and say, hey, let this dude grow with us? If I use as an example the Pistons. Right. Okay. Jeremy Grant. Let's mm-hmm. just hypothetically say Jeremy Grant is available. So that that means what it would take, and and I, I'm I cannot tell you how big of a fan I am of Jeremy Grant, and I still Michael and I in the pregame show scratch our head. Why the hell did you go to the Pistons? Denver was offering you the same amount of money. We never understood it. Okay. You wanted more to do. Wanted more to do. Um, but let me just use that as an example. If that's the example of it will take a THT, a Kendrick Nunn, and it's going to take um, another one of those salaries just to match it up. Right. Wouldn't then five other teams who are competing saying, uh, yeah, we would like Jeremy Grant as well. We got a lot more that we can That's offer. That's the problem the We Lakers can go have. get draft picks. We can offer this. We can offer that. That's the problem. That's the position that the Lakers are in, that even if they know they want to improve the roster, we're not going to do anything to the big three. The problem is how the hell do you beat out some of these other teams that are going to look at Jeremy Grant and say, that's the difference of us competing for a chip? The problem the Lakers have right now is their first offer is also their last offer. Like, you you can't improve the offer if you're the Lakers. Like, you can't start out low with a position of, okay, we will eventually go here. Because any general manager around the league knows their assets. Like, what else are you going to throw in that if, – if you're the Lakers, you go in with your best offer to begin with if you're going to try to get Jeremy Grant. Like, I don't think you really screw around or, you know, try to get one over on the Pistons a little bit or, you know, try to massage it your way. Like, it will not be that difficult to beat the Lakers' offer, which, again, they can't really, you know, maybe throw in a pick. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't control their picks mm-hmm. moving forward. They don't, they don't control that many of them how about, for a how long about time. four free annual passes to the Hollywood Studios? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's cap legal. Um, how about throwing, come on, guys, help me out here. If we're trying to make a deal for Jeremy Grant, this is the difference. What the hell can L.A. offer? How about, um, I got one. Cars. It's Detroit. Nope. A lot of cars. Nope, not cars. Um how about an event at Dignity Health? We'll, we'll throw you an event, uh, 15 people comped. We got you covered. What do you think? Well, how about this? You need to get your significant other in the mood. Mm-hmm. You have permanent license to Travis Rogers and that voice. Get yourself, you know. Let it let it simmer a little bit. It's good. Let's be honest. Travis's voice is sex. That's, exactly. I almost didn't want anything in front of it or to the end of it because I feel like it owns its own side on the yeah. front and the back. Yeah. Play a little pony. Have Travis in the background. Play saying, it one more time with pony on. Let's be honest. Travis's voice is sex. Exactly. How is that not just banging at every club hey now. next week for New Year's? How is that? How is that possible? It will okay. be at the Congo Room with, when, with, on Saturday night when we're all there. Right, with Travis be. as the DJ, he's gonna be like the pit bull of that night. I actually had a dude hit me on Twitter and was like, "Hey, if you guys really go, like, I'm in." How awesome is that? Some guy really thinks we're going to Congo, and room. he will too. I know exactly who it was. Real Matt, he absolutely will the man to show right up there. too. Yeah. Okay, the man right there. Travis is Mr. Worldwide, just sexier. Um, we're gonna take your phone calls when we come back. Same question that Travis and I, or that uh, Andy and I were just talking about. More likely to happen: St- team stays put, or they try to flip everything. Uh, we know some things are realistic, some things are not realistic. But we'll take your phone calls eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Stay right here, Travis and Sleeva Show on seven ten ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. (laughs) (laughs) ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Well, I'm guilty on the buddy one. I say buddy a lot. Do you guys say buddy? Nah. If you say buddy to an actual friend of yours, that's fine. Yeah. Like friends calling each other friends, buddy, you know, friends calling friends buddy, that's fine. If you are buddy. if you are an adult, you do not refer buddy. to another adult as buddy unless that person's actually your what friend. What if you what if you grab their cheeks too? Like, hey buddy. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> What's with you in the face? Does yeah. that work? Does that work? Hey buddy. Try it. I Try do it, it to people here. Is it is it rude to do it to people here? Like I'll, the cheeks thing or the buddy? no? Like, it'll be like ta- <laughs> yeah, the cheeks thing too. But like Taylor will be yeah, sitting in here. I'll be like, hey, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Like I know Taylor's name and I know it's. I, I'm, I'm call okay. Him, I call him I'm buddy. okay with buddy. I'm yeah, okay I got no problem with buddy. Yeah, you, both of you guys are. Buddy, yeah, we buddy use people, we yeah. use buddies. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's it's better one. than pal or guy. <laughs> What's up, pal? Hey, amigo. What's up, guy? Amigo. Guy, friend. Guy might be the worst. Guys, what's going on, guy? Why? Well, I it, it is. Guy is looking people, for a fight. When like you are actually say, looking for a fight at that point. When people say my guy, like there's like different descriptions of guy. My guy. My guy can be okay. Guy by itself, that's really you're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many, uh, so many of us right now are always looking for a fight. I mean, I think oh, yeah. that's no, fair no. to say. In between shooting baskets, I think brawling is what you do. We're going to be at the Buccaneer in Sierra Madre, which is just a dive bar. Looking for a fight. Mm -hmm. Probably a little bit later today. Okay, let's take some of these phone calls. We're talking Lakers basketball. Lakers got the Suns. Uh, What's more likely? Lakers kind of stay pat with what they have by the time we get to the trade deadline, or the Lakers try to shake things up. And, um, you know, Andy and I have already talked about how much of a challenge that's going to be no matter what they decide to do. I think, Andy, I'm more with you that it's it's more likely they try to add a piece or two. They try to do small things to kind of tinker with what they have, but they'll have their challenges doing it. Let's start with Oscar in Baldwin Park. Oscar, what's going on? You're on the Travis and Sliwa show. Well, uh, I think they, they stay, they stay pat. Um, there's not much they can do. Uh, I think the good thing right now, Davis just says, man, he can watch the game and get his head right, his body right, comes back better. Uh, let Russell Westbrook make him happy. Let him go out there and get his numbers and maybe uh, manage LeBron's minutes. I don't want to see LeBron get hurt. Like, uh, it reminds me of the, when Kobe was trying to get the team to the playoffs when he blew up the Achilles back in the day. So I don't want to see that. So hopefully uh, that, that doesn't happen. But I think they stay pat. They don't make a move because they really can't. Appreciate you calling in, Oscar. Um, you know, the, the LeBron thing. So if you're just tuning in right now, 
we talked about this a little bit earlier, LeBron, 37.2 minutes per game. That's the most minutes he's played as a Laker, and it's second in the league. I think it was, what, Fred Van Fleet was the other player. Fred Van Fleet's the only other player. So fair concerns, by the way, uh, on the AD front of things, of let AD get right, healthy, headspace, all that stuff. Here's the reality. If he isn't right, I don't know how we're even having a conversation that the Lakers are anywhere near the ballpark of where the Suns are, who the Lakers will have tonight, the Warriors, which they'll face a little bit further down the road, and when Brooklyn's healthy, who they got on Saturday. Boy, man, they, this when they built this team, they did it, I think, with the recognition of this is the team. Like, even before all the injuries started, I mean, they – Chips they, all at the table, yeah. in front of the table and I mean, saying, yep, we're good. They had to have recognized that in some ways they boxed themselves into a corner. I think they felt confident about what they were doing. Sure. But at the same time, this was a massive swing. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not a necessary move for them to make. You know what's funny? I, I, I had never – I never had a problem with what they did. I really didn't. And that, that's not me sitting here telling you that I thought Russell Westbrook is the perfect fit. But I, I thought going for another star was the right thing to do. I mean, I said it 50 times. Go out and get veterans and go see if you can get another star. And that's essentially what they did. Now, does it look good right now? Of course it doesn't. I think a lot of people are questioning the moves that they made. And now it's easy to sit back and say, well, you know, you shouldn't have gone after Russia, you should have gone Buddy Hield, Or what if this player was available, you should have done that. I'm with you that when they made this move, they didn't have in their mind they got to go out and make okay maybe they would go tinker with stuff which is fine but i definitely don't think that they thought in their minds 16 and 15 31 games in they also didn't think they'd have this many injuries they also didn't think okay you know obviously everything that's going on with covid-19 but those are excuses and i i say those are excuses because they've also played against a lot of teams that they should have beat that they did have a more superior lineup uh, against, or a team is five, six games below 500 and they still had trouble with. So I think it's a combination of the two of those. Um, okay, let's take another quick call here. Larry in Santa Ana. Larry, what's going on? You're on the Travis and Sliwa Show. Good, up, good afternoon, guys. My respects for letting me talk on the radio. Okay, first of all, the Lakers have a big chemistry problem. Second of all, they have a big ego problem. Third of all, no work ethic. I don't. I don't feel this Lakers team like the 2020 bubble. Frank Vogel's doing a horrible job, which means we got to start a center. You know, we got DeAndre Jordan. We got to wave him. We got to let him go. We could have had Javale McGee back. You know what I mean? We, we could repeat history. Appreciate you calling in, Larry. We got. We, we appreciate we you calling in. Thank you, bud. Um, we had a uh, had a couple guys that came back. Dwight came back. Rondo came back. Um, DeAndre obviously hasn't been much of an effect at, at all this year, but it, it's well, funny. It's poor funny. effect. It's funny how different. Like I could take five different calls right now, AK, and people are going to have close to five different answers of of here. Here's the solution. Why sh- what they should do this? Why didn't they do this? Isn't that kind of funny how well, how everything is just kind of going in different directions with the Lakers? It makes sense because you it's can't com- pinpoint anything. Well, it's a combination of fans are going to be emotional, and mm-hmm. Lakers have an incredibly passionate fan base, which is one of the awesome things about the organization and these fans. But also, the season has been so chaotic that it's really difficult to figure out. Okay. This is if the we solution. Fix this one, right? Thing. I mean, there there are a lot of different issues that they've been dealing with beyond the whole like, how do you actually do it? What you would look to do is hard to put an exact finger on. 
right, let's take another call here, Manuel and Gardena. Of course we're going to get to Manuel. Manuel, what's going on? Thank you for calling into the show. Mm, hey, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, buddy. Damn brother. Is it Ace or Bubba? Which one is in today? Uh, it would be Ace. It would be Ace. Oh, right on. Ace, how the hell are you? Good, man. Good. Hey. So uh, I love the the whole you know buddy talk champ <laughs> another you know those those are like the best like when when you you hit somebody like that uh, I don't tend to take the buddy too personally uh, sometimes I do like champ in Spanish we go with campeón so that's even a, another alternative man. but uh, as far as the Lakers man I think I think the hardest thing about it is it seems to be like almost like an effort issue. And that really gets to me being that it's a veteran squad. You know what I mean? Uh, the easy thing is to point at Russ and say he doesn't fit. Yeah, but you know what? Um, the Caruso piece, it's becoming more glaring. And it's pretty sad because Caruso's just a hustle guy. So none of these guys are hustle guys. I mean, that that's the most disheartening thing about the whole Laker campaign. And here's the thing, man, uh, sometimes when these squads, not just the Lakers, I'm talking any veteran squad, sometimes you, you're in cruise control, you go to flip that switch, and guess what, man? That switch is gone. Like, that switch is done. It ain't going to turn it on. So we got serious problems. I'm glad it's just December, and I think that we can work it out. But it starts with those guys, man. They got to look in the mirror, and they got to sack up straight up. Orale, gracias, campeón. Thank you, Manuel. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, when I hear the effort thing, and I, I, I'll i say this. You know, we talked about it, the game against the Bulls. We liked the way they lost. I know that sounds awful to say, but we did like the way they lost that game. That they, You felt like it could have gone either way. There have been some games where I just kind of sit here and scratch my head. I'm like, the hell's going on here tonight? The, ga the two games against the Minnesota Timberwolves use those as an example. I could go to the Sacramento Kings game. I could go to the OKC games. I could. There's plenty of examples I could do with the 16 and 15 record. I don't disagree with Manuel right there. If there's one thing that would front, if you're just getting beat because they got too much talent, that's one thing. But if there are times, and I think the Bulls game was an exception, and you said something about this game coming up against the Phoenix Suns which I think is is right on point. This is an opportunity tonight. You can collectively walk away with two losses, but walk away the right way and or lose the right way. And I know Laker fans don't want to hear that, but nobody's going to expect the Lakers to beat the Suns tonight. That's just not going to be the case. What was the spread? Spread is what? I believe seven, it's seven. Seven, something along those lines. There is a way you play that also says a lot, and maybe the Lakers, you know, they came into the season, everybody was picking them to be one of the – you know, what was it? Brooklyn in Vegas was the, the best odds to win a championship, and Lakers were number two. Maybe they've been humbled a little bit. Maybe there is this kind of moment where, hey, any given night, any freaking team in the NBA can beat us. Look, man, I'd like to think they've been humbled, but how many times this season has it felt like they've been humbled, learned their lesson, came out in a game, played extremely hard, and then from there put out an effort that you can see it feels like they think they can just fall back on their talent. They feel mm -hmm. like they can fall back on their resumes. They feel like they can fall back on that experience and like the amount of collective rings in that locker room. You can't do it. Like they're just, they are not good enough yet and they have not played together long enough 
to have that type of foundation to do it. Like, more power to them if they can get to that point where they can pull that off. Because as, as much as people love to remember the Kobe teams and Showtime, as, you know, they never took plays off. Yeah, they did. Of course they, they did. They took plays off all the time. Shaq they took were just the good. first three months off. Yeah, they, they were just good enough to do it. Yeah. That's it. If you can pull it off, more power to you. Save your energy for the playoffs, but you got to be good enough to do it. Well, here's a good example, too. You know, Phoenix continues to hear that, hey, you guys aren't good enough. No, no, no. The only reason yeah. why you got to the NBA Finals oh, is yeah. because Anthony Davis was hurt and Kawhi and this. By the way, you know, I, I was one saying that in the offseason. I'm saying it less now because you can just Dude. tell how good of a team that Phoenix is. Phoenix is legit, man. Phoenix is not only legit. This is the type of game tonight where they say, we don't care if you're hurt. We'll come for you. We'll, we we want to embarrass Dude. you at Staples Center. And I, I, I genuinely say that because I think that's how they are approaching the regular season where the Lakers, that hasn't exactly been the case. Okay, we got the dump coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeva Show on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, so, AK, did you know today Samuel Jackson turned 73? 73 years young, baby. 73 years old for uh, for um, Samuel Jackson. And it's funny because, you know, you kind of start looking at it and there's – that was awesome. Whatever. That was just cool. no, it's, was, it's just how it is. I don't like. I'm not familiar. Well, here's the beauty. Well, let me tell you. I'm beauty. just playing. How along. are you supposed to know? Like, exactly. It's, I you, thought you were doing the record scratch in Pulp Fiction, no. like as a Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah, that's thing. exactly what I was doing. That's Andy. exactly what he was doing. Exactly. So he's 73 years old, and um, if I say, okay, your favorite Samuel L. Jackson movies, I got a couple that come to mind. I know there's the classic classics, but it, it's funny. There's so many movies he's been in. It's like, I don't know where the hell to start. That but dude what's your... works. Yeah, that dude work. works yeah. a lot. I mean, he spent a long time before he eventually got to the place where he was. In the early 90s, I actually saw Samuel L. Jackson in a play mm-hmm. at the Coast Theater in wow. West Hollywood. Yeah. Um, he It was right around the time he had done Jungle Fever, which mm-hmm. he was incredible. He was so good. Can created a supporting actor award just so they could give him something Damn. from that performance. So I've been keeping my eye on him just because he was incredible, and I saw that he was in this play, and I went and saw him, and I met him afterwards. I introduced myself. He was shocked that this, like, 20-year-old kid knew who he was and, like, extremely nice, That's very, awesome. very flattered. That's a cool story. Um, as far as Samuel L. Jackson performances, Django Unchained, he's incredible. Bro, I Jan- was going to say, I, I thought Django would go a little bit under the radar. I, I thought he was fantastic Django, in Django. he's great. I of mean, course, obviously. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Pulp yep. Fiction's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Unbreakable. He's great as Mr. Glass. Um, I love him in Deep Blue Sea. Best just the de- man. That's what I was going to say. Deep Blue Sea. He's just the man. If you know, if you know what's coming, I'm not going to say it, but that scene is the best. That scene is incredible. Okay, this gets uh, Greg Bergman very, very excited. National Day. Every day you got something going on. National Crossword Puzzle Day. 
this guy was kind of jumped out of his seat. He was I, excited. I I love crossword puzzles. Okay, so what, I do like them. A, I do them all the time. Daily thing, a weekly thing. What is it? It used to be daily. It's probably more weekly now. But uh-huh. yeah, like I used to have. I have uh, apps on my phone that are crossword puzzles, and I just sit there and I you know do the crossword. It's great for your brain. It, it's very relaxing. Okay, I, th- I like that it a lot. actually, Greg, that actually a- addresses what I was going to ask you because in this era where newspapers are shrinking, oh no no, no. like like literally, you, there aren't as many available now. I was wondering, where do you get your crosswords? I didn't even realize there were crossword apps. Yeah, I, no, I never, I, tons of them. I almost am disappointed. Like I, When I go to Starbucks <laughs> sometimes and I see somebody who's 74 years old and he's sitting there doing the cross, I'm like, what an OG right there. It's see, just the man sitting there, a cup of coffee. No, there's no milk in it. He's not asking for almond milk. He doesn't want coconut. He, he doesn't know almond milk exists. He wants a crossword puzzle with a dark coffee. That's what I thought, That's what I, thought I was getting with you. No, it's sugar. the right... No, sure. That is the right way to do it, though. I mean, if overall, like I used to sit there with the newspaper from the L.A. Times and you fold it all up. So it's just that the the crossword puzzle and then use pen. People use pencil all the time because you can erase it. If you know what you're doing, Mm. you use pen. Confidence, Andy. It's calling confidence. Yes, Andy uses a marker, the thick ones. He just uses a full marker, (laughs) a felt tip pen and a highlighter. No, it's it's the equivalent of getting a tattoo. Like you, you, you know what you want. You're yep. confident. You and when you use that pen in the crossword puzzle, you're saying, "This is forever, man. I can handle it." Okay. One other quick thing here. Uh, Woj put out a tweet. Adam Silver tells Malika Andrews. Um, he says the difficulty understanding what logic would be in pausing the season. The virus will not be eradicated, so we'll have to learn with it. Uh, the reason why I read that off to you is because there's a very good chance here that you know the NBA will obviously continue to do what they're doing. They'll bring up guys from the G League. They'll bring up guys that we haven't heard of in a while, and they're going to try to get all these games in. AK, we're coming up to a close of the show. Great to be with you again. Great to do the show with you. Uh, If we don't see each other, because I don't think we will up until after Christmas, have a great Christmas. Yeah, you as well. You as well, Jorge. You as well, Greg. It was fun being in. Uh, Berg, fantastic job. Jorge, fantastic job. Coming up next, it's Mason in Ireland. They'll do an hour show, and then they'll throw it over to Travis Rogers and Kirk Morrison that have the Rams pregame show. I'll do uh, the Lakers pregame show a little later uh, at 530 tonight. Have a great rest of your day.